Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Ryan, and joining me tonight is John. John's here again. Jocelyn's away this week, but will return next week. She's getting married this weekend, so certainly send some congrats and well wishes to her on Twitter. I'm sure a lot of folks will be joining in on that fun. But John, you're here, ready to chat video games. How's it going? That's right. Good. Hi, mm. Ryan. Good to be back. I'm very excited to be joining you again. We yeah. were just saying, it's been a while. It has been. Uh, we have another No Man's Sky expansion to talk about. I feel like every time you come on, we're talking <laughs> yeah. about No Man's Sky. No, that's not true. Um, you and I have been playing a lot of Resident Evil 2, and I've been listening to Core, and you try you tried to open this conversation about this great game, Resident Evil 2, and, and they mm. shot you down. Scott was too scared. But was indifferent and yeah. you were left hanging and i felt like you know what this guy deserves to talk about resident evil 2 i'm so happy someone's giving me an outlet because yeah <laughs> scott just knows that it's a future engine for horror for him true so he wants to ignore it Bo is a uh he's a a passionate lover of games he picks one game he gets very serious about it mm -hmm. and uh, then he moves on eventually and so talking to him about another game when he's in the uh, throes of passion, it's Valentine's Day. We can talk about games yes. this way, right? Yeah. Uh, when he's in the throes of passion with a game, he just doesn't care. He doesn't want to hear it. Yeah. Not I think he's, he's throwing passion at Apex Legends currently as we're speaking. Yes. So, uh, and, and we'll talk a bit about Apex Legends as well, but it's funny uh, I've, I've been talking Resident Evil 2 is one of those games, you know, speaking of games you latch onto. Resident Evil 2 is a game that I've surprisingly latched onto in the last two weeks. I think this is the third week in a row where I've talked to some capacity, but I think tonight, due to you and I playing a good chunk of this game, we're going to get some spoilers in here. We're not going to, like, say this is how it ends. And also, like, if you know how Resident... You know how Resident well, Evil 2 we, ends? Can we talk about how it ends? Yeah, let's talk about how it ends. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, if you want to talk about it, I was just going to say, like, how it ends, like every other Resident Evil game, you just shoot at something that just won't stop growing and pulsating and just uh. leaking things. And you just keep shooting it until eventually it explodes or sinks away into the corner. Um, yeah. That's the ending of every Resident Evil game. But yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the endings. And uh, if you're looking to avoid spoilers of Resident Evil 2, um, you can jump out now. Uh, don't, don't skip the episode. We're going to talk about Apex Legends. We're going to talk about Nintendo Direct later on. So just, you know, skip ahead a little bit. But honestly, Resident Evil 2 spoilers, not that big a deal. It's not a long game. No. I would recommend this. Because it's always so hard to say, well, we'll only talk about spoilers for X amount of time. Yeah, yeah. So here's my recommendation. Pause us. Yeah. Go buy the game play through it, and then unpause. Yeah, you could probably beat a majority of what we're going to talk about before the next Gamers In episode is recorded and put on the feed. True. So you're right, it is a short game, and, it, and that kind of surprised me because I think I beat the first playthrough in about six hours, and then I did my second run and finished that in about the same amount of time. Uh, so all in all, yeah. to get like the full true ending, I think, unless like you beat it twice again and you get an even different ending I, I don't know if that's the case but um i did get the true ending and and that took about 12 hours in in total um but yeah you so how did you how did you go through it did you do you did leon first and then you played through your second run as claire yeah so i did uh, leon a then claire b and then i jumped right into claire a 
and now I am currently working on Leon B. Mm -hmm. And how do you find sort of jumping from... So for me, I played through uh, Claire A, then Leon B, and then I was kind of like, okay, I don't want to get burnt out in this game, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shelve it, because I know there is some free DLC coming out tomorrow, uh, Friday, for those who are listening to this podcast. Uh, honestly, if you're listening to this, it's probably out already, uh, which is going to have like three of these episodes um, coming out. I kind of didn't want to get burnt out, and I wanted to enjoy those outside of like sort of trying to remember all the solutions to the puzzles and the, and the, and the locker combinations, but... How did you feel jumping back in after playing through it twice? Honestly, I I don't know if there's ever been a game where I have found so much fun in just replayability of a <laughs> game in, in recent memory. Um, now, I will say, as a big disclaimer to this whole conversation, I have a ton of nostalgia for Resident Evil 2. <laughs> it was the game that got me to buy a PlayStation I used to just play it religiously. I've played it on PlayStation. I've played it on PC. I've been one of those people just sitting in the background going, man, they keep remaking games with stupid Chris in it. When are they going to remake a game with Leon? <laughs> um, except for 4, which comes out on everything. We all know yeah. that. But uh, it, I have a huge, huge, huge uh, nostalgia love for the original Resident Evil 2. So... I take everything I say with at least a little bit of a grain of salt because uh, I love this particular entry in the series. I love these characters. I love this story. But there's something extremely rewarding about, you know, it's a game that holds back resources a lot. You know, I'm, I'm sure you felt that way in your playthrough that you were out of ammo constantly or you would feel like you had a ton and then in one encounter it was all gone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, ammo is one of those things that if it's not the ammo that's being exhausted, it's the inventory slots. So oftentimes I'd find, well, I'm either going to leave stuff behind and come back for it, or I'm just going to... Eventually I found a way where, I, you're right, you would expend your ammo in one fight because what I would take around with me is I wouldn't be loading up my inventory with ammunition. I'd just load every gun I have to its capacity, and that's what I would run around with. And you're right, you have a bad... You have a bad encounter and suddenly you're limping back to the to the item box trying to find more ammo and yeah ammo's pretty sc scarce especially as you're rummaging around you don't come across it as often as you'd hope uh when when encountering enemies you kind of have to walk around fully loaded you know yeah and i think that's what i've really glommed onto for these follow-up playthroughs is that notion of it has turned the game almost into a puzzle game Mm -hmm. what is the minimum that I need to get from A to B to C? You know, how many times can I do a single loop through the police station to get everything I need and progress things forward without having to hit an item box, uh, without needing to, you know, run away and, and you know, think, oh, gosh, I'm in trouble because I ran out of ammo or I don't have any healing items. Like, those repeated playthroughs have... have kind of change the game into this puzzle to figure out what's the fastest, most efficient way I can do this, and what can I learn from all the mistakes I made that first time on the second playthrough. You know, I, I got caught last time between Mr. X and a liquor, so I know this time before I trigger him, I'm going to take out that liquor so it doesn't happen again. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And uh, it's funny you mentioned Mr. X, one of those characters who who has really shone through, shined through in, in this game and that he is uh, he's not only a meme. Um, I think we talked a bit about it in the past episodes. You know, Mr. X going to give it to you. Um, but uh, Mr. X, like, he will show out of nowhere. And I had a, I had a conversation with my Zombies Ate My Podcast co-host where he said, uh, in the Leon playthrough, Mr. X is more brutal and more unforgiving. Like, he's constantly chasing you. And I'm like, I wasn't so bad in Claire's playthrough. And then I found I played through, second playthrough as Leon, and, and Mr. X would stalk me. Like, he'd wait outside a door and wait for me to kind of come out there. Um, and I'd have to often wait until he fully dissipates or go in the opposite direction, run all the way around the house just to get away from him. Did you find that Mr. X was more more on top of you in Leon's playthrough over Claire's? Because he, he has a hard exit in Claire's, like, about halfway through, right? Yeah, and I think that was, I think that's what I was going to probably hit on, is is he exits pretty early in Claire's playthrough, whereas he stays relevant through Leon's uh, up until the, almost the very end. Mm-hmm. The absolute very end, depending on which version of the playthrough you're going through. So um, he is uh, he is a force to be reckoned with with Leon, whereas Claire, you have this really great moment where you get back to the police station and you realize I now have every item that I'm going to get to open up doors, to fight things and all of that. And I have the entire police station to run around and I don't have to worry about it anymore. And it's like the most wonderful feeling in the world. And Claire gets it and Leon does not. Yeah. You're kind of, and it's funny to think that you're sitting there and you're like, I don't have to deal with Mr. X. This is amazing. Yet there are still like zombies and liquors hanging around and, and I think the game, the game has done a really good job. Like this, the way the game is set up, and this is very much like a design uh, of the olden days, you know, of gaming, where they maximized a really well designed space. And that that police station is just so well designed, and you don't feel cheated when enemies continue to pop up because the whole city's infested. And if you're not kind of managing those boards on windows. Uh, you you have to expect that zombies are going to be in that hallway the next time you come around. And it doesn't feel cheap, you know? It doesn't feel like the game is punishing you. It just feels like it's keeping those hallways active in a a live fire situation where where there are zombies everywhere. Um, And and, and yeah, it just, you'd run through these hallways, you know, expecting, oh, I've already cleared this. And then you hear that classic, you know, uh, tapping on, on, on the ceiling or, you know, the growls of a zombie or something. And you're like, oh, great, I gotta, gotta micromanage this hallway again. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's a problem all over again. Yeah, but it, it never felt cheap to me. It never felt like I was being punished. And I got pretty good at kind of learning my way around incapacitating like liquors. Like with Claire, I could kill a liquor pretty easily with the grenade launcher. But with Leon, I just kind of shoot his brain brain eyeballs, and then he he kind of like, you know, you'd you'd neuter his hearing or his feelings or something, and then he you could just run right by him. Um, I don't know. Sorry, if he... liquor. I didn't mean to neuter your feelings. But... <laughs> I don't know. Like he's got brains for eyes, right? It's hard to explain yeah. these monsters. Like I guess for anyone who hasn't played, everyone knows what a zombie looks like, but the liquor is like this weird, like bat-like creature but without wings and it kind of crawls and then it's got like brains for eyes 
so it's weird like it's it's got like a like it's got its most sensitive area like front and center and and it just has this really long tongue uh but it never really uses the tongue to great effect unless you really let it get up in your face but yeah i i would often just shoot them in the head and then and then run away and that usually kind of startled them enough that you could run by them um yeah. but did you find that the liquors were are were a formidable foe uh, in both playthroughs, or did you did, were you able to easily deal with them like I did with in Claire's playthrough? So with Leon, I did a lot of walking past them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, oh yeah, just walk right past them and and they don't care. And that certainly made for some great tense moments. You know, I, there's I've clipped it a couple times from my playthrough. You know, because I I did stream it, but good. You know, I I did. Uh, I, there were a couple times where it's right in front of you and you're staring at it and you're like, well, what am I going to do about this? And then it starts walking towards you and you're just like, oh, don't move. Don't move. You you know, you pull the Jurassic Park. You just go freeze. <laughs> uh, and then it touches you and it just attacks you. And, you know, so it had its it has its scary moments for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't fight a lot of them as Leon. And I really regretted it because then there were later bits where I was trying to get around the police station and there were liquors flying at me all over the place. But I didn't have time to fight him because I also had Mr. X walking after me. And uh, so it was just like, well, I can't deal with all this right now, so I'm just going to run and hope for the best. Mm -hmm. And so now that I'm on Leon B, I'm curious how it's all going to go because now I would be probably a little bit more uh, willing to give them a fight and see what happens. Uh, I definitely, in the cases where I fought him, it was harder for Leon. Yeah, yeah, the liquors are tougher with Leon, but you're right. Like you can kind of, you can walk by them, and that's certainly a source of of this tension. Uh, and there are also moments where they switch up the encounters. Like I played uh, Claire A and Leon B very close together, and I, I'd even come up to a moment in my second playthrough with with Leon to realize that oh, I remember this moment. There's like there's all these people come back to life there's liquors that show up like this is a this is a trap you know yeah. and and it didn't happen but then when i exited a room it happened anyways and i was like it was it lulled me into this false sense of security but um my my favorite thing about the second playthrough like right after the first one is that there are these things they don't like these puzzles they don't explain like i completely missed in in Claire's playthrough, the submachine gun. So I, I my first playthrough, yeah. I did not have that submachine gun because I didn't get the, the the puzzle with the book and the arm thing. Uh, but then obviously with Leon's, I was like, oh, well I can go back and do this right now and get. The, I think it was the, uh, the Magnum maybe. Um, yeah. So there's there's those right. puzzles that you're that you're fumbling through in the first playthrough, and then in the second one, this is like old hat. So. But you're right. It's still very satisfying to solve those puzzles, and and uh, that didn't get old. And they actually kind of mix some up too, right? Like in your second playthrough, they they change the way that you're um, you're solving that first major puzzle of going into the basement uh, of the of the police station, right? Yeah. It, which is such a cool idea that they treat this second playthrough as a as a different playthrough as opposed to just do it again for an achievement, you know? Yeah. Um, and it messes with you with some re- in some really satisfying ways for that. You know, you on Claire, you may go down into a place and it's like, Oh, I've got so many liquors to fight. And then you, you know, I went the other way. Uh, but you know, probably on your playthrough, you go down there and you, 
all right, yep, this is where I had to fight all those lickers. And now you got dogs. Mm -hmm. Hello, a bunch of zombie dogs that are now going to come after you. And, you know, it's easier to kill a zombie dog, but it, it it's trickier in different ways. You know, there's no sneaking past them, and uh, they're much quicker. They take less hits. But, you know, it changes it up that way. And I think one of the most interesting ones that I ran into was the interrogation room where when I played through as Leon the first time, you know, you don't get the heart key mm -hmm. as Leon. So you go into the interrogation room through the club key door and you go into the room where the police officers would stand and observe, you know, an interrogation. Uh, and that glass is shattered. Mm -hmm. And so you go in there and you loot items and then you jump over into the room where they would actually do the interrogating and you can loot items there and then jump back through the glass. And then I played through as Claire and <laughs> you get the heart key, but not the club. So you go in on the heart side and that glass is there. It mm -hmm. hasn't been shattered. And I mean, I knew it was coming because it's in the original, but you go, you loot the room and on your way back, a liquor jumps through the glass at you. <laughs> Yeah, that moment really got... There was a couple of moments... I think in terms of the jump scares, that's a really good one. Uh, there are a couple of moments where I'd be walking through doors, and even though you have complete control of that camera, they do strategically... Sometimes zombies will kind of huddle in corners, and they will catch you uh, as you're going through doors and, and kind of grab onto you. And if they grab... So if a zombie grabs you from the front, you do have that opportunity to, to defend yourself using some of your, your sub items. But if they grab you from behind, they're taking a big old bite out of, yeah. uh, out of Claire or Leon. And, and that, that brings your health pretty low. And that's what would normally get me, um, with, with the scare, with the scare jumps, but the liquors too, like you mentioned running from Mr. X and just hoping for the best. There were a couple times where I was just like, I've got a couple of health potions, I'm just going to try to beeline it through here because if Mr. X gets me, I'm toast. If these liquors kind of catch up. So I'm kind of like bobbing and weaving as these liquors are just jumping at me. And Mr. X, you can hear him in the background with his, with his tunes going. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his sweet tunes. His sweet tunes. It's the game is uh, they've just crafted this, 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 this product that feels nostalgic, but also modern which is kind of a crazy balance to hit. Like, I can't think of another remake. I've been talking about this for two weeks, and I, I cannot think of another remake that has that has done something so successful like this. Um, off the top right. of my head, I really can't think of, a, of another remake that's done No, this. it feels like a new game. It just mm. it just feels like we, we made a new Resident Evil. It tells the story and has the settings and the locations and a bunch of homages to that thing that you might remember if you played it all those years ago. It just feels like a brand new game. And it's an awesome game. It's one of the most fun games I've played in a in a while. I mean, mm -hmm. I, again, I understand I'm fanboying out a bit on this because I'm such a big Resident Evil 2 fan. But, oh my gosh, is this game just fun? I just had a blast with it the entire time. And whenever I stopped playing it, I thought, I want to go back and play more of it because it's just that good. Yeah, no, I, I felt the same way. And until I finished my second my second run with Leon, I was like, I, I have to I have to get back into this and finish it. Not it's not very often where where I will focus in on one game like this. Uh, and this one's really done it. I am stoked for for the free DLC and I hope that they do more. Like I know with Resident Evil 7 they supported it with free DLC and 
a season pass. So I, I honestly would be super happy to see a season pass for this game. Um, the, the free DLC I'm imagining it's not out yet. I haven't played it. I don't have any information on it. I don't know if the reviews are out yet, but it, it would it be safe to assume that we think the free DLC coming out is going to be like similar to these side stories that were presented in the game, you know, as playing as Sherry and playing as Ada Wong. Like you think about that length, about an hour, hour and a half each. That's less. what I would think so. I, I, I would hope that it's more like that and a little less like fourth survivor or tofu modes, which are in there. Mm. Um, those things are cool for anybody who uh, has ever looked into those. Basically it's a get from point A to point B, you get one inventory full of items and that's all the items you get to, to accomplish your goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, so I'm I'm hoping this is more of a story, more of a you know picking up items or you know even if it's just you know here's your set inventory. I hope it's less of a a time trial and more of a just you know get in there and and experience the story of it. They did say that one of them was going to be particularly challenging, mm-hmm. so it sounds like there is going to be a level of like well this isn't necessarily just story for you to get in and just play through some of it might actually bring a lot of challenge to the front as well. Um, but it's focusing on three characters that you kind of run into in the campaign. Uh, they are what if stories because I guess all three of these characters, spoilers die. Mm-hmm. One of them definitely does. Cause I saw her laying on a table, Yeah, but um, one of them is implied and the other one is kind of unnamed. He doesn't get a lot of attention. So they're all characters that kind of die over the course of the story, but this is a what if they survived and went on to do other things. And, uh, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what they do with that. Yeah. Oh, me too. I, I think it's it's great that they're offering this free DLC so close to the release because this is only like maybe two or three weeks since the game's been out. So it's nice that they're supporting it in this way. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, before we move on from Resident Evil 2, like, what do you want to see next uh, from from Capcom in terms of this treatment? Like, do you want them to move on to three or Code Veronica, or do you want to see a Resident Evil Eight in this fashion? Like, what are you thinking? I mean, to me, this showed me that it turns out I'm not sick of the Resident Evil formula. You know, that's sort of what everybody thought for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Was, ah, I got formulaic, and I got really sick of it. Um, I would not mind a eight a new story something that's this gameplay style and all of that you know i know there are rumors of hey if you're interested maybe we'll do nemesis you know a little bit of that uh i am going to make everybody uh who loves nemesis sad by saying i think nemesis is a really overrated resident evil Hmm. maybe i don't know it's one of those games where i think critically it's remembered kind of like okay um, like, eh, you know, it wasn't as good as two and it was kind of the beginning of the decline. Um, but it was all right. And Nemesis was cool. And that's kind of how my feelings would be on it. But every time I ever bring up Resident Evil three, people are like, oh, I love three. Hmm. So I can't tell if it's overrated or rated exactly where it should be, but I don't have the nostalgia for it. I do think Nemesis is a cool monster, but you know, I was one of those people that had beaten Resident Evil two A and B a ton of times. So I already knew Mr. X from back then. And I was like, Nemesis is like Mr. X realized into what he should be. And now in this remake, he plays the way he should have back then where he just follows you all the time. And I don't know if we need a nemesis. I don't know what nemesis brings that, that this game didn't. 
Um, but I will say, uh, from a stingy point of view, the Resident Evil uh, that is missing from my Resident Evil resume uh, is Code Veronica. Mm-hmm. I've played very little of it. And I really liked what I played, and I would love to see that game come back in some way, because that's that's one I did kind of miss. That's also one that's notorious for having some inventory issues. Um, a lot of places where you can break the game and just not be able to continue uh, because of the way they use their item sharing system and all of that. Uh, so I think it's a game that a a you know them looking at again could actually really benefit and be cool. But honestly, this just makes me excited for the franchise in general because while I didn't play it, Resident Evil Seven looked great. Resident Evil 2 was uh, definitely amazing. So they're kind of knocking it out of the park, especially when you compare it to what they were doing before. So mm-hmm. I'm good with any of it. Um, and one other thing I'll add, mm-hmm. because this is another bit of DLC that was teased, Ooh. and I think it's worth mentioning, again, because I'm such a lame super fan. <laughs> they have also shown screenshots of the old, actually from the original Resident Evil 2 models, in ultra hd as alternate costumes and i think that's hilarious oh i did see something like that i thought that was already in the game if not maybe that's for beating maybe it is as like a super hard unlockable Hmm. i i read it as like hey this is coming to the game um but you never know sometimes people get that stuff wrong maybe it's maybe it's part of the dlc coming out on friday uh it's interesting you mentioned you hadn't played resident evil 7 i think 7 has more of that horror element but there's also a lot of the puzzles but the puzzles aren't quite on on par with what you're getting here in resident evil 2 but there is still some of those puzzles that require like item examination and combinations and kind of solving little puzzles like that but it's not it's not quite the same i think i think capcom has an opportunity here to to look at resident evil 7 and look at the remake of resident evil 2 and decide like do we override we've already done the override with resident evil 7 giving that new experience but do we create two branching paths here with two types of variables or do we overwrite one and continue uh you know resident evil 8 is first person and we just continue down the remake bandwagon but i i think i think to make a brand new game in in the resident evil 2 remake style might might be kind of tough like i wonder if maybe it's a it's a it's a its connection to a 20 year old game has kind of kept it in that fashion and maybe trying to replicate that in a new game could be tough they've definitely tried it with the revelations series and those have never really been that well regarded and i wonder if they might just hit that path again by going down that road but it could be and and you know right now i think the advantage that they have is word word is they have two teams now Mm -hmm. they have two resident evil teams they have the seven team and now they have this two remake team so they do have the option to you know kind of pick and choose and and do both i'll say probably the only reason i never well there's two reasons one Mm -hmm. was i was playing through with scott so that's why i wasn't playing initially uh but you know, the first person really threw me off. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think one of the core elements of Resident Evil, in my opinion, uh, is I like the characters. Or I don't like the characters, if it's Chris. <laughs> so, you know, but you, you develop whether you like them or don't like them. 
you develop opinions on these characters as you play through them. I have no opinion of the character in seven because it was in first person. I don't know what he looks like. I don't know anything really about him. I know he has a girlfriend that lopped off his hand, but that's about, that's about all I really seem to kind of know about him. Hmm. And so there's this element where it was like, yeah, it seems like a really cool game. But for me, a part of that element is I think Leon is a badass and I think Chris is a meathead and I think Claire is super cool and I think Sherry is kind of basically Newt from Aliens. You know, I have opinions on all these characters, but then you get to seven and it's just this like it's static. It's just yeah I, no you're you're not wrong like resident evil 7 from what i've played like the character like that's the funny thing is that's the great part about resident evil is you care about these characters in this world that is kind of far-fetched and 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 kind of weird and you look at jill you look at claire you look at uh, leon and, and even chris and and barry you know and rebecca and all those characters and you can kind of name them like oh this is the chris game oh this is the jill game oh this is the claire game and I mean, if they wanted to continue down that road, I think you, you, you mentioned for obvious reasons of fixing some some things, Code Veronica would be a cool one to look at. And then you could yeah. you could literally just keep going with that Claire story, right? Um, I bet you loved when you found that letter that supposedly Chris wrote about being on European vacation. You're like, see, he is a meathead. Look at this guy. <laughs> yep, it's true. I found it as Leon first and I was like, finally, a game gets it. <laughs> And then you play as Claire and she reads it and she's like, that doesn't sound like Chris. And I was like, oh, I get it. The idea is that Umbrella or whoever's doing the cover up wrote this letter to explain why he's not around. And it's this whole conspiracy thing. I was like, well, crap. I just always thought Chris was a meathead. But honestly, I think history proves me right because I played Resident Evil 5 and I watched that dude punch a rock like it was a friggin... uh, uh, bag and on weight day that uh, none of those made sense you can tell i work out all the time but he just like went to town on a rock with his fists and i was like all right chris is the worst he's the absolute worst character in the world you know the one thing i i i really don't like about the resident evil series and and they're really they're really notorious for this is that the time between games doesn't exist you know like yeah. chris between one and gosh i guess five is the next time you get to play as him like what happens between one and five you don't know they don't really explain it you could read a wikipedia that kind of like collects all the hints from the other games and puts them together but and then you look at jill like jill's gone in two but she's back in three and then then she's got blonde hair and a weird crystal in her chest yeah like where how and i think she's also in revelations and Claire's in Revelations too, and everybody's in six for some reason except for Jill. So yeah, there's just some weird stuff going on in between the games that they never really explain. And that's the hardest part when you think about these characters to kind of you you love them, but then you're like, what happened to you? You know, right. I don't want to read a book or a Wikipedia article to figure it out. Like, why isn't there like story? I don't. In the game? I don't know, Ryan. It's pretty clear. Chris was in Europe picking oh, yeah. up hot babes <laughs> under his ultra big umbrella. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, at least at least we have umbrella to umbrella is the one character in this game that doesn't change. They're always evil, and they're always making another virus that starts with a letter. It's like Sesame oh, Street. Man. You know what I just realized when what? I said ultra big umbrella? That is a coded message. I need to go back and read it. 
And I need to figure out what Chris's dumb meathead code is. Because I was always like, what the hell is he talking about? Picking up hot babes under his ultra big umbrella. And I didn't even put together that he was talking about the evil company umbrella that they remind you of every 10 seconds. Yeah. Ah, I got to reread that note now. Yeah, he's proud. I don't know what he's doing, but I don't think he's chasing hot babes. I think he's... There's a, uh, there's a code there. There's a code. You got to take the, the first letter of every word it probably spells help me umbrella's evil i'm punching the crap out of this rock (laughs) and this rock had it coming guys yeah uh well that's really good i'm glad i'm glad you uh you and i got to chat about resident evil 2 but let's chat about another game we mentioned it earlier apex legends you've probably been playing a little bit more than me i i got some games in um after we talked about it last week uh just briefly but it the game has now had an opportunity to be out for an entire week and they've announced 25 million uh players have been playing uh over the course of the week and they've had a i think a concurrency level of capped out at like what did they say 1 million 2 million it was a high yeah, number something like that it was yeah. big they're doing they're doing okay yeah and they were trading numbers on twitch with fortnite and that was a big thing as they were going back and forth there so this is a game that is that is here and doing very well and first and foremost I didn't get a chance to say this last week, and I'll say it now. I'm just super stoked that Respawn has a thing that's doing really well. They're a team under EA that could have been shelved so hard at any other uh, any other publisher, but they kept on going, and they finally have something that people are appreciating as much as I appreciated. You know, Titanfall One and and Titanfall Two, right? Yeah. So now we have Apex Legends Battle Royale free to play. Uh, and they're supporting the heck out of it over the next year. So, how have you been enjoying it? Are you you're a battle royale person, but not really like an aficionado? Like you kind of tried some of these. Yeah, I I you know cut my teeth in PUBG, and mm-hmm. I tried uh, Fortnite for a little while, and you know I was I was definitely in the headspace of this is a genre that I can certainly find a value in, but you know I'm not gonna. I'm not going to spend a ton of time with maybe. Um, I, I, you know, I skipped out on the Call of Duty mode. Mm-hmm. I, I was kind of out of it by then. And I was sort of like, eh, maybe I'm kind of done with this genre. And then when they were like, hey, we're doing a battle royale in the Titanfall universe, I was like, whoop de doo, good for you. Uh, and I heard a bunch more people talking about it. And it was like, well, what makes it good? Because, you know, you need to know the gimmick, right? Because mm-hmm. every game, if you're going to be a battle royale, what's your gimmick? And it was like, okay, well, it's got hero stuff like uh, like Overwatch. And I was like, that's kind of cool. I kind of like the sound of that. And it was like, no building. And I was like, well, that's great because I was never good at that in Fortnite. So <laughs> Yeah, same here. <laughs> um, and, you know, and it's by Respawn. I was like, oh, so the shooting will be good. You know, so it was definitely this level of like, okay, you have my attention. Let's see what this is about. Uh, and I tried it. And I think the best way to sum it up is you know i don't know if this game converts people that just hate the genre you know if this is just Mm. not your style of game i don't think this necessarily converts you but if you got something out of it in the past or if you saw potential there i feel like this is that first game that came around and said hey it's been a really weird era here's the refinement of what it is you know this is the world of warcraft to mmos prior to world of warcraft like I started NeverQuest. There was plenty to love in MMOs before WoW. 
but WoW came along and did things very differently and refined everything into a very different place. And to me, that's what Apex Legends does for um, Battle Royale-style games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like there hasn't been a Battle Royale product that has been treated as a AAA entry. And I think this is the first one that comes around and is like, no, this is what happens when you've spent two to three years developing a product with with a long you know lifespan because that's how these free-to-play games work and i think we're you know the call of duty blackout mode suffered is that it was a paid it was a paid game as part of a product that most folks were playing for a different reason and i think that was his biggest hurdle like i know PUBG was was pay to play uh, but that was kind of the first one that that took off, and then Fortnite came, and it was such this big success. But you're right, like I, I'm like you, I, the building is an aspect that a I will never be able to be as good as some of those other people. Like they build and shoot, build and shoot, and and it's fun to watch. But in my mind, when they first announced Fortnite as a as a battle royale, it was like, oh, people are gonna build these like fantastic defenses and have these like these battles across uh, across the fields in their little in their little shacks but it turns out people are just building walls while trying to shoot people and building ramps and jumping down yeah. at folks it's like, it's, just, it's like the matrix you know like they're matrix fighting but they're matrix fighting with with like wooden shacks you know yeah and some people are neo in that world mm -hmm. but a lot of us are um the kid the, who can't the, bend the spoon, basically, is what I'm thinking. Right, or the not like this lady. Yeah, not like this. Not, not like this. <laughs> yeah. And that's what you say every time someone builds a ramp in front of you. Yeah. You just stand there and go, "Not like this." Not like this. Yeah, don't, don't. I don't. I do not want to be unplugged from the Matrix. Please don't. Um, yeah, it, and it never really clicked. But I understand it. It was it was big with with a lot of folks. And you're right. This is not a game that's gonna that's gonna reset your opinion on on battle royales. But I think for me. Whenever I played PUBG and got it to work, and whenever I played Fortnite and didn't die right away, I appreciated the gameplay loop. I appreciated what it was trying, the experience it was trying to offer me. But I just it, the barrier to entry was too high for my for my skill level. And then I play Apex Legends, and it's just this polished experience. Everything is designed in just a specific way to to just heighten that experience, and and it felt really good. Um, and that's why I really like it and kind of, and the fact that it's free to play, there's no barrier to entry. You don't have to pay for it. You can just jump in and play and it runs really well. I cannot stress that enough. This thing does not run like garbage, uh, similar to yeah. PUBG, which, which runs like garbage on my computer. Um, I try to stream it or try to play it with friends and PUBG would always crash. Like I could never, like I got it to work for maybe like three months and then all of a sudden it just stopped loading into games and people are like oh you need to get a new computer and it's like i mean i can play most games no problem just PUBG has issues <laughs> uh yeah, yeah it bad. runs on hope yeah i don't have enough hope in my computer guys right i i, I only have eight gigs of ram and no hope so <laughs> I need, I need to go. Stick of hope. Please, <laughs> yeah, I need to. I I can dual. Uh, I can dual ram it. I can have two sticks of ram and two sticks of hope. I just need to make sure that they're a uh, dual channel hope. You know, <laughs> yes, make exactly. sure make sure they're gonna run in tandem. Uh, but no, with with Apex Legends, like the hero skills, I don't think I've played enough to kind of really appreciate the heroes skills. But who's your who's your go to hero uh, so far as you've been playing? 
I am almost exclusively Wraith. Mm. Uh, and I, like I said, I play a lot with just my friends, mm-hmm. and no, nobody else in my friend group plays her. So that's part of why it's been ex- almost exclusively her. If I was playing with randos, they're more likely to steal her. Um, you know, I like Bangalore a lot. She's pretty great. Uh, so probably between those two, uh, I really want to like Gibraltar, uh, mm. but he looks like a penguin man. Uh, he looks <laughs> like specifically Chill Penguin from Mega Man X, and I can't unsee it, and it's all I see when I look at him, and it honestly just makes me mad. It's like if you took Chill Penguin, and look, I know he's not, I know he's not a guy who slept in a tanning booth too long. I know this. I know that people have different skin colors, so I don't want to, like, all of a sudden get you a bunch of bad emails or anything. The problem (laughs) is is he looks too much like that guy, and I don't know the actor's name, but he's that actor that was really famous for just having, like, the darkest brown tan you've ever seen. Hmm. Um, But it was, like, a fake tan, or it was just, like, an intense tan, and his face looks like that actor. And so even though I know... uh, that that this is not what they were going for. This is not how it's supposed to be. I just see that actor, and I just think this dude is Chill Penguin from Mega Man X with a really bad tan, and it's it's throwing me off because I really want to like him. I think he's a pretty cool character, and his voice lines are all very friendly and positive, which I kind of love. Uh, but there's just something about him where I'm just like, I can't deal with Penguin Man right now. I, yeah, and. It's interesting, like, the heroes, the way they've situated them. Maybe you need to get a, a skin for that character to kind of at least remove half the issue you have with it, which is, which he looks like Penguin Man. <laughs> He's, uh, it's the shield. It looks like a little wing. Oh. That's oh. where most of the problem, I think, comes in. Because he's, uh, he's wearing armor, which kind of bulks up and rounds his body. And so he's got this round body, and he wears a little shield on one arm, and it's just a little tiny shield. Mm-hmm. And it just makes it look like he's got a little wing. I don't know. I, I wonder, like, for this game, I think part of the great part of, part of it is uh, the map is so well designed in a way. Do you? I know the game's been out for a week, uh, and they're looking to add new heroes and weapons and, and skins, obviously. But do you think this game... Would 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 they ever add another map? Like do a different map, or or yeah, like do you think they're gonna do a new map? I feel like that would be the hardest thing to add to this game because the the one map they have in there obviously is is so well designed. Um, do you think they look to add a new map down the road, or do you think that'd be splitting the player base in a way that would that would make people unhappy? I wouldn't be surprised if they did it, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I, I think you're right. I mean, PUBG added a second map, and people didn't really like it that much. It was a good way to, it was a good way in that game to encourage different weapon usage, mm-hmm. you know, um, and different fighting styles. And you can do that by changing the map around. And you know, and then PUBG went on to release a whole bunch of different maps, and and those saw various levels of popularity. Um, but I do think, you know, they have to be cognizant of the concern of people like this map, people play this game with this map, maybe don't break it, you know, maybe don't ruin something if it's not broke. Uh, and I think, you know, you look at what Fortnite has done, which is they change the existing map in interesting ways. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe there's the possibility that they go that route too. you know, maybe they look at an area and they're like, well, 
you know, we like our map, but this particular area, just nobody goes here. It's just kind of set up not super well. Maybe there's something more interesting we can do with this one area. That's the one thing I've really enjoyed from the outside looking in on Fortnite is the way they treat their map as this live, changeable space where they're doing events. Like you always hear about, oh my God, there's this cube that appeared in Fortnite. It's like, where, why aren't people like focused on shooting each other in that game? (laughs) How are we taking time to look into the sky and see a giant cube come in and crush a building? Like, shouldn't you be paying attention to like the gameplay? I mean, maybe it's a good thing as I should jump in when a mysterious object appears, then I can take care of the gawkers, right? Um, Yeah, (laughs) take them all out. But it'd be really good to see that applied to a game I'm, I actually want to play. Uh, if they did that with Apex Legends, there's a lot of opportunity because the, the map does feel like it's got this personality. I, I was playing with uh, Bo and Crofton, and uh, this is the day it came out, and we, we kind of hold up in the bunker. So it's it's this rock formation, and then there's the these two... It's Well, it is a bunker, so there's two like um, uh, shield doors... On, on either side and there's like kind of uh, office space in between with stairs and stuff and we kind of hold up in there until people came and and they had the high ground and they killed us all but it was <laughs> it was interesting yeah. like you could do some fun things there you could have a lot of different holiday events pop up where there's like decorations around maybe they could add weather effects uh i think there's more potential and more fun in augmenting the current map like you were saying as opposed to to my original idea of just making a new map um but if they wanted to test new play you know new playability like new new gameplay ideas maybe they could do a new map but that new map is similar to what they've done in overwatch with the uh the arcade maps like the smaller maps i would like to see that uh and maybe explore like some smaller versions or because i don't think they could do larger i think this is the max they could do with the engine right yeah, I heard uh, I heard a, an interview talking about, you know, the origins of the game and I believe the devs comments were, you know, we created the biggest map in the engine we had that we could. So I don't I don't think it gets any bigger than this, but they certainly have room to shrink it down. Yeah. Well, it's really interesting and uh, I was I was listening to, you know, a couple couple podcasts they were talking like or the originally when this game was leaked uh, or people were talking about it, it's like oh it's titanfall without wall running and titans mm-hmm. do you think we get titans at some point in some sort of some sort of new game or new game mode like maybe there's a titan battle royale where like there are 10 people and they're all titans and you're finding like amp parts i don't know <laughs> like yeah It'd be really cool if you could do like a Metroidvania where you where you come down and you um, you are your your hero, but then you're trying to find parts to build a Titan, and you and your three people like there's strategy to like splitting up and finding parts and building the Titan as quickly as possible. Like that would be really neat. I think that'd be a cool mode. Yeah, I can see it definitely coming in as a mode. Um, you know, something special, a mode or an event or. You know something to that effect where it's like yeah we got titans you know get in here and and do it uh, the funny thing is is i'm going backwards because i had played very little of titanfall 2 mm. uh, but knowing that it was you know same shooting mechanics a lot of the same guns i went back and started playing through that campaign again uh when this game kind of took off and the funny thing is is now looking at it from the other perspective where i've played this game outside of the titans mm-hmm. um 
when I'm playing Titanfall 2, I'm like, no, nah, I don't need a mission where I'm in the Titan. I want a, ti- I want a mission where I'm running around. Like, mm-hmm. those are appealing more to me in Titanfall 2, uh, simply because it's like, no, nah, I've been playing a lot of Apex Legends and I'm going backwards uh, with the way I'm playing. The one thing I do miss is wall running. Um, I definitely understand why it doesn't exist in the game. But boy, is wall running fun when you get in and try that in Titanfall 2. And then you get in this game and you can do the, you know, you can do a wall climb up to get really high up Mm -hmm. uh, and you can do the slide. But, you know, you sometimes get in the habit of it and you try to run on the wall and you go, oh, that's right. You can't do that. Yeah, I I think that, you know, Titanfall 2, the campaign is is probably the best version of Half-Life 3 that we'll ever get. And, and I mean, that's just how, how the cookie crumbles at this point. But, uh, yeah, yeah like, uh, I, I think this is an interesting sort of follow-up to Titanfall 2. And I want to see, I want to see more of that Titanfall 2 in this game. Because that's the one thing, having played a lot of, uh, Titanfall and then a lot of Titanfall 2, especially the campaign, except for the robot that is in apex legends who kind of looks like the robot from from titanfall 2 but i don't think it's the same one uh, yeah. or well it's a mech but it's like maybe the personality in in that mech either way uh i would love to see more connections from titanfall 2 in apex legends and i'm sure they'll get around to it but like having the main character from titanfall 2 as a hero in apex legends i That's felt like cool. that was a no-brainer and they haven't they didn't do it at launch which was kind of surprising um but it would be really good to see more of those connections, I think. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, well, uh, that was really cool. I, I, I'm really a big fan of Apex Legends. I really think if you haven't given it a shot, you should join the other 25 million people who have got on it. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> just, a, just a few people. If you haven't played it yet, you know, give it a go. Yeah. See how it goes for you. Remember when people were making fun of you for not knowing what Fortnite was? Well... Come on, this is your chance to get on in the next, you know, 50 million people have played this game. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, they're going to add Thanos to this and you're going to be sorry you didn't know what it was before Thanos was added. So, right. You don't want to be the person that showed up when Thanos showed up. Jeez. Yeah, that's when it's get old with, hat. Get with the times. <laughs> My goodness. Could you imagine if the, the biggest win for Apex Legends is like, nah, Thanos already did Fortnite. Now this is Thanos in Apex Legends. <laughs> He's back. He's back and better than ever. Uh, well, before we head into the topic, let's look at patreon.com slash thegamersin. That's how folks like you support the show. Every uh, generous uh, subscription that you give us goes right back into the show for us to play games like Resident Evil 2 and some of the games we're going to talk about in a little bit. Uh, but I want to welcome our February patron, Dominic. Thank you so much for being our February patron. Like Dominic, you can go to patreon.com slash thegamersin and join in on the fun Looking at our topic, we could not pass this up. Nintendo had a direct, and we're going to talk about our favorite highlights of all the announcements. I don't know about you, John, but it seems like Nintendo forgot that E3 was in June because they dropped some hot, uh, some hot bombs here. In a good way, I guess. That's a terrible way to phrase it. Anyways, <laughs> drop some hot bombs. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, everybody loves a good hot bomb. Uh, yeah, these actually a majority of what they showed, and I, I've listed a couple here. Um, a majority of what they showed were, were some really cool surprises, um, but also some some stellar hits that are all coming out this year supposedly. Uh, so I I know you don't have a switch, do you? 
I don't. Yeah. So did Tetris? It made me not... want one. Oh, okay. A lot. Because you owned a Wii U, did you not? Yeah, but for one game. <laughs> Which game was that? Mario Maker. Oh, so it... <laughs> so <laughs> so maybe I might uh, invest in a Switch for the sequel. Some would say it's a slippery slope because they've added slopes to to the. Oh, I got it. <laughs> that was that. Yeah, it was like the hot bomb thing again. I made a total mistake there. I, that it, took me a minute, but it was good. And also, you know, I want to say this. I am uh, extremely excited for what they showed. I'm extremely excited for Mario Maker 2. I want everybody to know that, mm-hmm. uh, that I am excited for it. But I also want to be clear. There is something kind of lame about being like, guys, for reals, <laughs> we added slopes. Put a two on it! Put a two on it! Well, yeah, you're right. It's, uh, it is interesting. And they didn't show this, but they hinted very strongly that you'd get to play as Luigi as well. And that was the thing about Mario, uh, Super Mario Maker, is that you could only play as Mario, right? Yeah. Uh, so the fact that you might be able to play as Luigi with his own abilities in terms of him doing a little flutter jump, um, that's kind of an interesting addition too. But you're right. Like You look at Splatoon 2 and what they did with that compared to Splatoon 1, it felt like a sequel, but it felt like you. It, it still felt like it could have been a Splatoon 1.5, but there was enough there to, to kind of push it over the edge. And I think based on this trailer, you're right, there's. I think there's more here in Super Mario Maker 2 that we're forgetting was not in the first one. Oh, uh, and I think they've got a lot more to say, too, because mm-hmm. we did see the Angry Sun. Yep. And in that clip, I could be wrong. But I swear I see one of those weird red face jumpy bad guys from Mario Brothers 2. Mm. I swear I see him in that like one panel. And if that's the case, if they put in Mario Brothers 2 stuff. Ooh, what if like a tile set? Yeah, I'll buy a Switch for that. Oh, Mario Brothers 2 is great. Yeah, it's so good. I think the. See, here's the issue with Super Mario Brothers 2 is that I think a lot of folks may not you know know this or remember it but super mario brothers 2 was very much an, an american game and i don't think it was released in japan to to the great effect that it was released here and then it's not really a mario game but it's like a reskinned japanese game or something yeah but, yeah i i can't remember it's, it might be called doki doki panic yeah uh i'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. google that because that sounds right to me, and sounds I want right. to know if I was right. Doki Doki Panic sounds about right. Or I was going to say... It is it, Doki Doki Panic! Nailed it. You <laughs> win. It. Next Separate. Yep, uh, oh, gosh, no. Um, but basically, yeah. <laughs> it would be really cool to see that tile set. And I think when you think of the other tile sets that are missing from Super Mario Maker, that's the one that comes to mind, right? Yeah. Is there any other one that... I don't think there's another 2D Mario that you can kind of slot in there. No, and I mean, they, you know, they also really prominently featured, like, hey, Cat Mario showing up. Mm. I, you're not going to sell me on Cat Mario. I hated it when it was <laughs> announced back then. I hate it now. Um, you know, for me, I will say this, and this is just showing my old school, like, you know, there's people going to roll their eyes, and it's fine. I roll my eyes at myself all the time. Mm. Um, I, you might as well have taken the Super Mario 3D World tile set out of that game or not 3d world but new super mario brothers whatever 
Hmm. Might as well have gotten rid of it. I don't. I didn't make a single level out of it. If I saw your level was made out of it, I didn't play it. I had no interest, no desire to play any of those. So as soon as they show the like 3D, 2D Mario stuff, I'm just like, ugh, I'm out. I don't. I don't care. I want to make tile sets in Mario Brothers One. Mm-hmm. Would have loved to have made it in Mario Brothers Two, but it, you know, wasn't there. Probably for good reason. Uh, three and World, and that's all I really want to make levels out of. Yeah, I think the new one. The new one is there just to a like show off sort of the HD graphics, but but also be like there are a lot of folks, uh, not like you and I, who have come to Mario and that's their Mario. You know, like yeah. the 3DS, yeah. the DS Mario, like DS onwards, like that's their familiar familiarity with with the 2D, you know, platforming of Mario. Um, I could see that the, you know, I don't want to get caught up on the Super Mario 2 tile, but it, I think the reason it would be it would make a perfect addition for the sequel is that there's probably a lot of work that they need to do with Super Mario 2 to bring it up to right. all the other stuff that's in the other the other games because as you remember from super mario maker it was all modular you could create a whole world in the new super mario brothers look and then from a flip of the switch change it back to 1985 mario you know yeah so i think that's where a lot of work will need to go into this and there were really no power-ups in super mario 2 like you were just big or small yeah that's about it honestly you know having them you know show a bunch of stuff that seemed like you know maybe might be exclusive to the new super mario brothers stuff and you think about it and you're like well how are they going to do that in the old versions Mm -hmm. maybe they've decided it's worth it to just say no this is just exclusively available if you choose this tile set and if they opted to do that then they could very easily do two which is all i really want yeah like maybe (laughs) i'm trying to remember like you could get the cape in super mario world worlds and then you could get, but I guess there was like these auxiliary items that that existed, and then and then they were like the cape in Super Mario World was just the 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 Tanuki suit in three and right. whatever yeah. it was, and, and there was nothing in Mario World. So maybe or Super Mario Brothers. So maybe there's maybe there is some precedent there to kind of remove based on your tile set. But that game's coming out in June, so not too far from here. That 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 game surprisingly coming out very soon uh we also have fire emblem three houses i'm obviously a, a huge fan of fire emblem are you are you into fire emblem like you, you don't have a like a 3ds I love fire emblem. oh this might be the year that you get a switch <laughs> i adore fire emblem now i have prerequisites mm. i need fire emblem and it seemed like this was the case but i need fire emblem to fulfill my uh combat fantasy strategy uh it needs to scratch that itch right and it also needs to scratch my dating sim itch if it does not scratch both of these itches at the same time i'm out i want to play matchmaker for my troops yeah and (laughs) no you're not wrong like this is this is the truth about this franchise is that since the 3ds it's been this like dating sim but also who who am I going to have to sacrifice to the hordes? Yeah, not only that, it needs to be the dating sim. And Awakening did such a good job of introducing this whole time portal and people coming back in time from the future. Mm-hmm. And people loved it. And it was like the whole idea that you get to see the kids of the couples that you set oh, up. It was so good, yeah. Um, and then they did the sequel and they were like, well, we still want that mechanic. 
And it was just like, well, how are we going to explain it? And they went, I don't know, but it's in there. <laughs> well, so. That one was weird because I think technically the kids are born off screen and then they are shipped off to this other world where in where the they other... age super fast. Yeah, well, their time passes more quickly there than it does in the real world. But then, like, there is that weird explanation, you know, explaining away that like as soon as someone's married, the whole story fast forwards like three years, and they send mm-hmm. their toddler out into the in into the fast forward realm. It yeah. it was a stretch in Fates, but. Uh, it looks like Fire Emblem Three Houses is going to, you play a professor, uh, and you get to teach your students, and your army is made up of a bunch of students. So it's like Hogwarts, except yeah. you're sending your students into battle. <laughs> I, well, I guess I, the later movies did that, so. Yeah, is it going to be weird, though, if as a teacher you hook up with one of your students? Yes. <laughs> that, that is, <laughs> there's a fine... I mean, all is fair in love and war, I suppose. So maybe, right. maybe we're fine there. But you're right. Like, I, you know, part of being the avatar is the avatar you can pair up with with another character and all the other ones that have these mechanics. But yeah, I wonder how they'll do that. Um, maybe not all the characters are your students, and maybe, maybe, maybe you're you are all like they they mention you being a, a teacher or a professor, but maybe maybe you are on you are on par with your your students like you just happen to be someone who's like teaching for extra credit or something i don't know maybe, maybe there's something yeah there. there's a lot of extra dialogue where it's just like wow we've really grown close since you graduated uh <laughs> you know you've been you've been such a wonderful you were such a wonderful student but now you have graduated into a adult who is now out in the world and capable of making your own decisions and what a fierce and amazing and independent person you are since those days way in the past well you know what the fire emblem franchise has not been afraid to do some weird things with characters i i I think there were there were some incidents in awakening even where you know you'd you'd pair two characters and one of those characters just probably like mm, probably not old enough to get married and have kids and then all of a sudden as soon as they're paired together it's like we found this kid it just showed up from the future i don't know when you have kids but you know hopefully it's a while from now because you're, you're probably too young you know um, yeah or they pull the anime trope of like sure she looks young but she's actually 792 <laughs> she's older than everybody and yeah. you're like that doesn't make me feel less creepy. Yeah. But thank you for trying. <laughs> but uh, I think Fire Emblem Three Houses looks interesting. They didn't show a lot of the strategicness and the battles and stuff. They kind of just showed, like, people walking and some arrows and some animations. So not really the greatest thing to show off in, like, a already 35-minute presentation. But sure. I'm sure we'll get to yeah. see more when the game uh, gets closer to its release date. It's coming out July. They actually dated it. I think it's July, like, 26 or something. Yeah. So that's usually a good sign that it is coming out this time uh, in July. So look forward to that. Uh, Tetris 99 was another surprise one. Uh, it's out now type thing, exclusive to the Nintendo yeah. online services. Latched onto the release a battle royale immediately method. Mm-hmm. It's wor- it works quite well, uh, I think. And and honestly, I love Tetris. And I really love the Nintendo versions of Tetris. This is a this is a Tetris developed by Nintendo. Um, yeah. So th- this game will not 
I doubt would appear anywhere else. Like the concept seems, it's crazy to think that Nintendo thought, let's make a Battle Royale Tetris. That doesn't seem like Nintendo to me. Like this seems no. like a Tetris company, maybe, but this is a Nintendo game. And uh, I was playing a bunch before we started recording because I wanted to kind of get a, get a try at it. And uh, it's really good. It feels like Tetris, but a lot of people are just screwing you up by sending lines your way, and it's it's pretty hectic, you know. Um, yeah, it's crazy. It seems nuts. I mean, it's it's crazy. I don't. I'm bad at Tetris. I'm not good. Mm. I, I got Tetris Effect, and it taught me how bad I was at Tetris, despite <laughs> liking it. I don't know if I'm ready to go up against 99 people in Battle Tetris yeah uh it feels like an engine for just making me frustrated but you know it's a cool idea and i wouldn't begrudge anybody it yeah not a soul it's a lot of fun and there it is free to play you just have to have the online subscription it there doesn't appear to be like some a monetary you know scheme like there's no cosmetics you're not giving them money for energy you just you, you only get to play this game if you're giving Nintendo money for their subscription. And I think Tetris 99 is worth the 20 bucks a year. That's my opinion. So um, definitely check it out if you have a Switch it, it, and you have a Nintendo Online subscription. It's a lot of fun. And you get to actually visually see all 99 people playing. It's a bit overwhelming at first, but then you kind of get your blinders on and you, you look at your own your own board and you kind of leave everybody out of it but it's cool for people watching and spectating to kind of see yeah it's like what you'd picture in the movies like a master control board would look like someone in a big city like flipping switches and stuff <laughs> right it looks like that um so it's really cool uh okay well, they announced a lot of stuff and we're, i don't we're not gonna go through all of it but the last one for me that jumped out and i think it jumped out for a lot of people was the remake of zelda Link's awakening for the switch yeah and uh gotta say did not see this coming and as soon as i saw that link on the boat i had these flashbacks to like 20 years ago playing link's awakening dx on a game boy color in the summer i remember vividly in the back of a truck like in the cat uh, or in the in the i don't know you don't call it the bucket whatever it's called the back of the truck right and we were driving uh we were camping at uh we called it the river i'm really showing my um my country bumpkin here but we we used to go to the river uh, every weekend and uh and we would camp there we had a trailer and stuff and we had a good time and i remember bringing my game boy and i remember playing a lot of Link's awakening dx and i probably still have the game somewhere but uh, i really really cannot wait for this game like did you play Link's awakening back in the day i did it Mm. was one of my favorite zelda games it was one of the first games i can remember beating the very original Mm. um you know i it was back in a time where you know a lot of people played a lot of games and you didn't always get through them and all of that and uh, I remember beating it and feeling very accomplished with myself. And then when the Game Boy Color came out and DX came out, I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, this is so exciting. I was excited about it then, as I am about this now. I was just like, oh, this is one of my favorite games. It's going to look like a real Zelda now. And, you know, I played a ton of that when it came out and, you know, played through it. And so seeing this come back out, you know, was was crazy because mm-hmm. I'm – I'm not joking. I, I'm 100% serious about this story. 
That is the most unbelievable thing in the world. But earlier that day, I had deliberately pulled out my phone, pulled open YouTube, and looked up the Windfish's Ballad and played it mm. that day. You summoned Before this. the direct even started. Yeah. I, I, you know what? Yes. I think that's right, Ryan. And I would like to take all the credit for the existence of this game. It's uh, it's crazy. Like, I wouldn't have even pegged Link's Awakening for you know for a remake it's um no it's it's a weird game yeah it's like all a dream too spoiler alert like they kind of they explain (laughs) it away spoilers for a game just announced it's all a dream it is well Uh, just announced but also a remake i I think it originally so i had quoted 98 but i think it originally came out in 93 like it was an early game boy title was it not mm -hmm. yeah it was it was very very early game boy and it's uh you know, it is a strange, strange Zelda game. It's like I mean, you're just going to hear that a lot because it it plays a lot like Link to the Past in some ways, but it's also kind of it was limited because of the Game Boy, so it's kind of limited in a weird way. Mm-hmm. But it also does a lot of like very odd things for a Zelda game. There are Goombas in it. Yeah. There are Chain Chomps in it. There's a guy that looks like freaking Mario in it. Uh, you get a feather, and one of Link's moves is to just jump whenever you feel like it. Like, these are things that are not common in Zelda games, especially Zelda games like that. There are side-scrolling sections. Um, it's just extremely weird and extremely different and very, very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man, it looks so good. And they only just dropped a 2019 date. I would imagine this would be one of their fall lineups, but could be also a late summer release so look forward to that john did anything else jump out at you in the direct uh no that was it for me i mean they talked a little bit about smash brothers very little bit Mm -hmm. which is still of course an interest to me because i don't have a switch so i haven't played it um but as far as like new things that are coming that's what that's what had me excited yeah it's gonna be a big year i was kind of worried but uh, honestly in terms of the announcements we got two big announcements that are new games we did not know about so uh, i wonder if there's more surprise to be had if they're unveiling these in february but uh we shall see uh john thank you so much for for joining us once again on the show we'll have to make sure we can have you back on uh the next time no man's sky has an expansion or resident evil 2 gets some new content but uh yeah why don't you let the fine folks know where uh, they can find you online Yeah, best place to find me is to follow me on Twitter, at John underscore Jagger. I can let you know where I'll be and what I'll be doing. If you want to hear me talking about video games, you can check out Core. More information about that at heroesforyou.com. Or playing some Dungeons & Dragons uh, on There Will Be Dungeons, which you can find out more about that at therewillbedungeons.com. Mm, yes good old stanley billings uh yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun uh checking out there will be dungeons and core uh so i basically like my imagination is that you are starting a campaign in core to make scott play resident evil 2 is that the next goal of core Mm -hmm. okay Mm-hmm. that's Sorry. officially the goal i want scott to play it mm-hmm. i will not be satisfied until i have heard the patented scott johnson scream as mr <laughs> x chases him down a hallway well in in that effort i will name this episode scott johnson needs to play resident evil 2 and we will perfect we will start the campaign right now launching uh john john's campaign to have 
Scott Johnson play Resident Evil 2. That's going to be great. Well, uh, you can visit us on the web, gamersinpodcast.com. Check out our Discord channel, bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find Jocelyn at JossPlays, myself at rmurphy, John at John underscore Jagger, and don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers In. The video versions of all our episodes will be streamed on twitch.tv slash thegamersin on Thursdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, and our videos are available after the fact. Email the show at info at gamersinpodcast.com if you have anything to say about the Nintendo Direct or Apex Legends or maybe even Resident Evil 2. Uh, Certainly hit us up. Thank you so much for watching, tuning in, and have a great week.